Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I am Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our children, we're losing an entire generation. Today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects, undaunted by political correctness. Now, the whole reason I wrote Crime of the Century was really started when I was thrown out of class because I refused to call Donald Trump a fascist. I was thrown out of a college course. And this is my own experience with identity politics, but it goes further than that. See, nowadays, students are taught lies, such as the Second Amendment only applies to a well-regulated militia. And the fact that, really, this inaccuracy is taught in our classes means that our students are learning that those who defend the Second Amendment for what it is are seen as the enemy. Dissent is seen as the enemy. And because that's what identity politics does, it plants, it, it really plants a seed, paints a picture of anyone that doesn't think like you or ascribes to the same beliefs as stupid or worse, evil. And the crux of this issue is that the academic ideas that seem to be out of touch have very real consequences. This is part of the crime of the century. So I think we need to start at the beginning and what happened with my own experience first. Basically I was in a high level history course that was my, uh, well why I was at school was to study history and the this professor supposed to teaching us at that level in history you're supposed to learn not only sequence of events but how everything relates to another, why this happened, uh, if we're going off of fascism here, how the Treaty of Versailles affected Germany, you know, 20 years later, how Italy turned fascist, but why and what happened? What can we take from the sources and make a point? How can we, how can we do that? How can we think like historians? That's the point of a high-level history class. Well, here it was Mussolini was a bad guy. He killed political prisoners. He had people imprisoned, um, all of that stuff. Trump is a Republican. Make that, make that work. <laughs> that doesn't seem to make sense to me. And so, rightly so, in my paper, I rebuttaled this. I said there's no historical evidence, no historical precedent to say that Trump is a fascist. He's a populist. You can make numerous uh, parallels between him in either Teddy Roosevelt or William Jennings Bryan or some uh, early 20th century figures in American politics. But Benito Mussolini and, and President Trump uh, have little to nothing in common. Uh, th th there's no source or historical point you can make that would, that that would make sense. It all seems to just be fear-mongering, hate-mongering, all of that. Uh, all, all, all of those words. And so I've realized now that the real issue is identity politics. You know, because you had people calling George Bush Hitler and uh, you had people calling Barack Obama Hitler and you had people calling Hillary Clinton was some sort of, uh, the colloquial term is fem Nazi. Uh, that's all BS. There's no politically correct way to say that. There's just, there's no, you can't call uh, President Bush Hitler, you can't call Obama Hitler, you can't call Hillary Hitler, you can't call Trump Hitler. It, there's just, you cannot 
get inside the mind of somebody so crazed that Hitler was to then compare them to an American politician. Not, not one of our politicians in history has ever even come close to the radical nature of, of, of Adolf Hitler. The closest is Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who was a tyrant and who did break uh, many rules with his uh, elongated presence in American politics. But enough of that. The real issue with identity politics is that it paints the other side as evil and those who don't think like you as stupid or whatever. Um, and that really lessens the political discussion because now it's, it's who can come up with the best insult? Who can, as uh, the kids would say, who can roast the other one the best? There's no, it's not an exchange of ideas. It's just very low level uh, way of thinking and honestly quite regressive. Um, the best way to debate someone is to see their side so you can counter their points. But if you're not even going to see their side and you're just regurgitating what others have told you, one, it makes you frankly look kind of stupid, and two, it, it, it makes the other side, it all it does is make them angry at you instead of willing to dance that kind of that dance and, and actually have a legitimate civil discussion with you. And we see this all the time. I mean, Maxine Waters is now calling for violence against people on the right. Um, and, and she's cheered. And people, uh, even like Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, um, who I'm not anywhere close to them on their beliefs, but they're willing to even concede that that's a little bit too much, and they're getting called out for it. So it's this radical nature that has come out of nowhere that really harms the American political discussion. You have these far-left socialists that are deciding that anybody who doesn't use the same tactics or think like them is bad. And that includes people, on uh, Democrats, people on the left. And it's not, it's not to say that it's a whole lot better on the right, um, but I'm no centrist. And I do think that on the right, uh, especially those tactics are lessons. You don't have the the beatings and the protests and all of this stuff. You don't have that on the right the same way you do on the left. And that's not to say all Democrats are that. That's to say that's really the issue. We could be having a civil discourse um, about many things of the Trump administration, but there's one little vein of our society that doesn't want us to have that. And th that's an issue that we need to... To, to talk about, to talk, to talk through. You see it even last year when Steve Scalise was shot. Um, that man believed that all people on the right and all Republicans were evil and needed to be murdered and killed, and so that's what he was going to do. It had nothing to do with guns or the access to gun control, as some would like to paint it. That man was just a crazed Bernie Sanders supporter who thought he was in the right because he felt victimized by, well, Republicans, so he was going to go get them. And Somebody almost died. So, well, he did die, and we almost lost an innocent man. And so this is an issue, and you see it happen. The best historical reasoning I can give for this is uh, the French Revolution. And we see what that devolved into um, because it was a lot of, and there was a lot of, for lack of a better term, class warfare in, um, in late 18th century France, and there was a lot of, uh, infighting, but it turned into guillotine after guillotine after guillotine because the other side was so evil in 
the, the French's eyes that for liberty they're going to murder the opposition. And that just turns into tyranny. So we'll meet next time on, on Crime of the Century and, and move off of this topic. But after hearing Maxine Waters' words and, and listening to some other people, I think this is an issue we have to address because it does start in the academic institutions. And it reminded me about why I wrote this book. But keep it locked here and we'll get back to the crime of the century. <laughs>